here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 155. Jeff Hawkins and I will preview WWE Money in the Bank today. Plus, the Cruiserweight Classic participants are announced. And Chris Harrington will join us to talk about the brand extension leading to more WWE pay-per-view events next year. This episode is brought to you by Casper Mattress. Save $50 off your next mattress with promo code VOW at casper.com slash VOW. That's casper.com slash VOW. Use promo code VOW to save $50 off your next mattress. Plus, with a 100-night home trial period, if you don't love your mattress, Casper will take it back and refund your purchase. For your 100-night free home trial, go to casper.com slash VOW and use the promo code VOW today. Rob McCarron. Stephanie McMahon for Best Non-Wrestler. Jeff Hawkins. Stephanie McMahon for Best On Interviews. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Oh, Stephanie, the love of my life. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 1 Timothy 6.10 from the New International Version of the Bible. Today on Shake Them Ropes, do you root for AJ or Cena, Raw or SmackDown? Six people are eager for money in the bank. We'll go over that card. An edging Christian and Big Money Matt and Brother Nero pierce themselves with griefs and ladders in our Top 100 match. From No Mercy 1999, it's the new brood versus the old brood. Rob, I want to put you on a bit of an alert here. Okay. The, the Shake Them Ropes Retractions and Corrections Department yeah. may, ne- may need to come out with a statement. Oh, really? Because Well, because I believe um, these past two weeks, I know definitely Monday they did uh, after we recorded our show, but I believe they also did the week before. We've had characters mention the draft. In promos. Now, they have not officially announced a draft. You are correct well, in that. That's step. all I'm saying. You are correct that they have not officially announced a draft, but they have mentioned it on television now twice. Yeah. Does that make it canon in your mind? No. Okay. Because what I'm saying is, and the reason why we don't do a mock draft yet, is because you don't know what the draft entails. Okay. You know, they've done drafts in the past where champions couldn't get drafted. And then they've done drafts where champions could get drafted. They've done drafts where tag teams couldn't be split up. There have been drafts where tag teams could get split up. And we have the other factor of having NXT now. There are a lot of variables to where if I'm going to do, if we're going to do some type of mock draft. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm not saying mock draft. I'm saying you were arguing even on Saturday with our friends on Talking Sheet. The premise that there was going to be a draft. No, I actually, I actually have said, and I continue to say that, do I think there will be a draft? Yes. And one of the factors is, yeah, they mention it. How else are they going to do it? My issue has always been discussing the draft like it's 100% happening and how it's happening because no one knows how it's going to happen. No No one knows when it's going to happen. 
So that's what my issue was. Okay. And, well, I'm, not, I, and I'm not I, even hating on it. If you guys want to talk about the draft, talk about the draft. The reason oh, why yeah. we're not doing a mock draft <laughs> is because we don't have any of the information yet. We could do a yeah. mock draft and put all the NXT guys on Raw and SmackDown, and then guess what? No NXT is part of the draft. No, no, no. I, I don't want to do a mock draft. I just misunderstood your premise then on Saturday. I apologize. And you I'm should. going to and I'm going to go down to drinking harder stuff. Oh, you should drink harder stuff. Why not? You have no, uh, a lot of stuff going on. You wouldn't be the only one right now in the L.A. area <laughs> drinking hard stuff, apparently. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we got a big show. We got uh, we got this money in the bank pay-per-view happening on Sunday. Big, uh, big day this Sunday. It's Father's Day. You got money in the bank going on. You have, if you're a New Japan pro wrestling fan, you got New Japan Dominion. So it's a big day coming up on on Sunday. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, Jeff, how excited are you for Money in the Bank? I'd say a solid seven. Solid seven. That's good. I think you've said solid seven now for every pay per view we've ever previewed. I am well because top to bottom the card isn't great, but there are about two or three things that interest me greatly. Yeah, they, and this show yeah. has this show is top heavy for sure, but mm-hmm. that top is pretty darn heavy. And that's and that's as opposed to the last couple of cards where it was more of the middle of the card that I was interested yeah, in. Yeah, no, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk about money in the bank. We are we also got all of the participants for the Cruiserweight Classic. So we'll uh we'll jump into the Cruiserweight Classic a little bit, go over any surprises uh as far as names that you saw, uh who now might be the favorite to win because both of our favorites to win are not even in the tournament. So that's usually a, a negative. Um, was my wait? Hold on. I thought Who's you were on. Fa- you were on the Andrade uh, train with me, were you not? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had I had a fifty fifty bet on it. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, yeah. So we were on the Andrade train, and that's not happening. So we'll talk about this Money in the Bank, and then uh, in, in a little bit, uh, we will be joined by Chris Harrington, uh, Mookie Ghana on Twitter at Mookie Ghana. You can follow him. He uh, he covers WWE business and one of the best out there to do it. Chris Harrington will be on to talk about the uh, brand extension moving into dual pay-per-views and uh and basically separating the pay-per-views again so we're going to talk about that and uh, get his thoughts on the wwe business a little bit of the uh of the ongoing happenings but uh we got also we cannot forget the finals of the tit tournament (laughs) the terry runnels invitational tournament hardy boys edging christian from no mercy 1999 that is our top 100 match coming up at the end of the show. So we got a lot of stuff to get into, but we want to get into this money in the bank pay-per-view. I want your thoughts on the main event first, because basically I want to ask you what the main event is in your mind. (laughs) Really? Well, we got, Uh, we got the main, you mean the main, you mean the main event in my mind? Yeah. I want to know. I want you to know what the main event in your mind is because our official, it's AJ Cena. That's what I thought. I mean, this There's is no way in hell it's anything else. And the reason why I want you, uh, I, I wanted to ask you this is, is this actually a pay-per-view where it's justified to ask what will they put on last? Yes. Cause I think they might actually put AJ and John Cena on last. I don't predict it. I think Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins will go on last, but this is oh, a, this is I a do. show where I think it's justified that AJ Styles, John Cena probably should go on last. Oh yeah, it should go on last, but I don't think, look, we, they've already missed on Seth Rollins. Correct. I was, that's like, that's yeah. as, as I wrote in the raw review. Oh, look, it's, it's the company's most over baby face and Roman Reigns. Right. Well, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because in order to miss, you have to swing. And I feel like they didn't even swing on Seth Rollins. They didn't and, even attempt at it. And then, then they just, they screw up Dean Ambrose even more in that whole thing. 
by they, they have him. Oh, he's now a wild card because he looked at the case. So he so he gives a dirty deeds to Roman, which will be retconned within two weeks. Right. Yep. Because Roman Reigns will have to move on to someone else and he'll have to beat up Dean in order to get it. And then they baby face him against Stephanie, not two minutes later. And you're just like, what are they doing here? Of course, yes, it's AJ versus Cena. It's the only thing with a real fight build because, of course, even the other angle with any badass credibility, the 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 uh, the club coming out, come out and make a WWE joke, which ruins that entire segment for me. Yeah, it's it's AJ, it's AJ Cena, and the build for this was fantastic. It was great. It was done seriously. It was done intelligently. It it referenced history as well, with the exception of TNA, but it referenced. You know, it was everything you want as an intelligent wrestling fan. And I loved it, and I cannot be more excited. And I, I believe AJ Styles and John Cena is the main event, and I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't blame them at all, obviously, if they put that on last. I just think that's the one with the most heat going in. It's John Cena, so it's not like we're trying to get them to put like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the main event. Like, two guys that we're both fans of and two guys that can go, but don't have that main event caliber name. John Cena's your guy. And you can put him in the main event against AJ Styles. It actually boosts uh, even further the credibility of AJ Styles, I think. Uh, but you know your your champion, Roman Reigns, he's got the title, and the title should go on last. Is this one uh, where if AJ Styles and John Cena goes on last and we're like, yeah, that was the right move, are we hypocrites at all? Uh, have you ever been one to uh, make the claim that the championship should always go on last? Yes, I have. I, or at least I have, I've made the claim that it should be treated as the most important match and mm-hmm. therefore should go on last. Yeah. But if the build doesn't match that, you have to change it. You have to because this match is going to overshadow that. Mm-hmm. Now, the only way I could see them actually putting on Reigns and Rollins last is if you have a failed cash-in later in the show. Okay. And, and that's, uh, that's our other uh, topic. That's the other thing I'm looking most forward to is seeing who actually walks away with the money in the bank briefcase. Oh. Um, I think Dean Ambrose is probably one of the uh, favorites for this. I think Dean Ambrose is going to win myself. Who do you see winning this, uh, winning this money in the bank briefcase? I think it's no question. Kevin Owens wins it. Kevin Owens. Okay. Interesting. Because he's the only guy who never got a moment of yeah. winning in this entire build. He's a guy who never got the briefcase. And I think everybody else did officially, but he also never got a win personally during this entire build. I think that's WWE booking 101. If the guy much like you don't touch the uh the conference trophy before the Stanley Cup, he never touched the briefcase, he never got a winning moment. He's going to be the guy who wins it. Everybody else did. So because he doesn't have any winning moments, that puts him at the top of the list uh for this one. So mm-hmm. by opposite, do you feel like there's no chance at all Chris Jericho wins? <laughs> Because this is a guy who's winning all these matches, and he's a guy standing tall. Because, and I think a, a week ago you might have been saying that Chris Jericho probably could win. Trust me, I think right now Kevin Owens is supposed to win this match. I think the day of the show they could look at this, and this will be the one they go. Well, everybody thinks Kevin Owens is going to win. Let's let's switch it up a bit, much like they did AJ and Jericho at WrestleMania. Uh, although they didn't do that last minute. I, mm-hmm. you know what? I could see both your pick or Jericho also winning this. Uh, there, there's a very legitimate case for either because then they'll play up the entire triple threat of the shield for possibly SummerSlam. But, and, and I could see Jericho as being the next guy on the list. Although that would mean yet another Chris Jericho, Dean Ambrose match. 
sometime in that build, but you know, but let's put it this way. It's 80, 10, 10 for Owens right now. Really? Okay. So you're going heavy on Kevin Owens to, oh, to yeah. win this uh, match. I think Dean Ambrose to my myself, I would go 50% Dean Ambrose and everyone else is split in the other 50%. I, right. could, I could actually see Alberto Del Rio kind of having the Sheamus role in this one where uh, kind of to your point that everyone might feel like a Kevin Owens or a Dean Ambrose is going to win. So let's go oddball. Let's go Alberto Del Rio. I think you have a good point with Kevin Owens just on the one factor that he's a heel and heels tend to do better having the money in the bank briefcase because you yeah. can, you can have them cash in on a baby face anytime. It's an easy way to get a, a baby face away from the title without actually jobbing them or without actually making them suffer. Uh, so I think a heel is going to win and you have three to choose from. If you take Chris Jericho out, just based on how much he's winning, uh, Kevin Owens and Alberto Del Rio are probably your, uh, your two big favorites. I would, I would say if I'm making that argument. All right, let me posit a hypothetical to you. No matter who wins among these six, what are the chances that they fail in cashing in? Uh, no matter who wins, then I think there's a very low chance that they fail. Um, oh. If Dean Ambrose wins, I think there's a high chance he fails. Okay. And yeah. I was wondering if Dean Ambrose might actually win and cash in this very night. They kind of tease the triple threat, uh, you know, the, the Shield reunion on Raw. They kind of tease maybe all three of them going at it at one point. If you want to do a title change at the end of Money in the Bank, but don't want Seth Rollins to defeat Roman Reigns clean, you can always have Dean Ambrose going in there and making it a triple threat, kind of the same oh, way know, Seth Rollins did at WrestleMania. No way do they change the belt here. They can't do that. They I don't can't think they make, can. They can't make Roman <laughs> chase again after a short title reign. They've already done that twice. It, it kills the guy. I can see him holding through WrestleMania, I think, possibly. Holding through WrestleMania. Yeah, unless he gets injured. You have to, you ha this, you've put all your chips in on this guy. You got to build him. Hmm. Right? I mean, am I, am I wrong in that thinking? Or do you think that it's still just a brand thing and they haven't figured out that they need a star? Yeah, well, you also have the brand extension coming up and we don't know exactly what's going to go on with the world championship. Uh, so I, I don't know if you can do any change here. I don't know no, if you can do a change no. here for sure. I don't even know if Seth Rollins is going to be a guy at that level. Um, you know, I'm still waiting to see if they'll actually keep him at like the Randy Orton level where he can be a main eventer anytime, but you know, he's kind of away from the title, uh, doing mid card stuff for a while. I, I don't know what level he's going to be at. Is he going to be a Dean Ambrose or is he going to be a Randy Orton or Bray Wyatt? Someone who's protected a lot. I don't know if Seth Rollins is a guy who's going to be going to be protected a lot. We don't no. know that yet. No, and he may just turn out to be another authority stooge again once Stephanie finally makes the real heel turn. Makes the real heel turn. That was an interesting thing, too, because you had weeks of television where Stephanie and Shane McMahon were getting along. And we all, you know, you can watch it and, you know, Stephanie McMahon is being fake, but whatever. At least they were getting along on television. Then you get the announcement of a live SmackDown. You get the brand extension. And now they they flip the switch back to where Stephanie does not get along with Shane. It's right back well, the, to where it was. The story, I think, in, in the powers that be or in the writer's room or what have you, is that because Shane was gone last week, she showed her true colors as a heel. And now she's kind of back to playing contentious, but hasn't really shown Shane her true hand yet. I think that's what they're thinking. I would have liked a more fluid uh, transition into this brand extension versus just mm -hmm. coming out and them talking about it. 
Yeah. Like maybe they, maybe they get along and then Stephanie does something dastardly and she steals SmackDown away from them. I don't know. Just, just anything, just anything. Get them out. Yeah. Get them out. You say I would, I would (laughs) not, uh, I would not sleep however on a Dean Ambrose win in the money in the bank. I think whatever they may do, they might, uh, they might fit Dean Ambrose, but also Alberto Del Rio. Watch out for that guy. I don't think there's any chance Sami Zayn wins. I don't think there's any chance Chris Jericho wins. I don't think there's any chance Cesaro wins. I think it is down to the other three. Dean Ambrose, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, or Alberto Del Rio. Am I, I don't think I'm off there. Cesaro winning? You think Cesaro's going to win the Money in the Bank? No, is there no, anyone, no, no, no. Anyone who thinks Cesaro is going to win Money in the Bank? Because I don't think that's happening. But <laughs> Zack Ryder won at WrestleMania. Who's going to be our Zack Ryder of this night? Alberto Del Rio wins this. It's death too. Don't sleep on Del Rio. I'm not sleeping on him. I'm just saying I have no interest in watching Del Rio in the main event picture. None. Don't sleep on Del Rio. Speaking of sleeping, Jeff Hawkins. Third hour of Raw? What? (laughs) If the third hour of Raw is putting you to sleep. You better be at least sleeping on your brand new Casper mattress. Go to casper.com slash VOW and use promo code VOW for $50 towards any new mattress purchase. Casper mattress at casper.com slash VOW. Casper mattress is nice enough to be sponsoring this week's episode of Shake Them Ropes. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. That's right. You can take it home, sleep on it for a hundred nights and figure out if it's going to be right for you. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering that you're going to spend a third of your life on it. Say $50 right now by using the promo code VOW. Now, Rob, have you ever, uh, have you ever seen a Casper mattress or seen anybody with one? I actually have. So have I. I think they're cool. They, it was weird. I had friends who go, come on over and check this thing out because they couldn't believe it. It, it, it. The box was smaller than they thought it would be for it in the way that all the physics and stuff work with Casper. I think they're kind of neat. Yeah, no, I, I've had people that have told me they love it. I don't have one myself, but when I'm in the market for a Casper mattress or when I'm in the market for any mattress, I will be visiting Casper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada, too. So not just our U.S. listeners, but if you're a Canadian listener out there, you can take part in this special deal we have going for you. It is exclusive to Shake Them Ropes. Go to casper.com slash VOW. $50 towards your mattress purchase using the code VOW. Again, 100-night risk-free trial. So you can try it out. If you don't love it, you bring it back, and they will refund your entire purchase Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015, so go check it out, casper.com slash VOW. And I thank them for uh, sponsoring this week's Shake Them Ropes, our big Money in the Bank preview. Chris Harrington coming up in a bit. There are two kickoff show matches, Jeff. Are there? There I know know of one. Which is the one that you know of, and this actually goes to, you watch Raw every week, and then you write about (laughs) it. The fact that you don't know what both of the kickoff show matches are really says something, but uh, what is the one that you're aware of? I know that there are matches. I do not know the placement of them, Rob. That's the difference. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. Ziggler and Baron Corbin. I believe Ziggler is and Baron match. Corbin, their third now, straight kickoff show, yes. Now, just just to redeem myself here, uh-huh. is Apollo Crews and Sheamus the other one? It is. Thank you. Okay. It is Apollo Crews and Sheamus. There are going to be two kickoff show matches 
Uh, Apollo Crews and Sheamus is an interesting one. Apollo Crews has really been do- doing nothing since he came up to the main roster. Uh, Sheamus has kind of fallen off ever since he was world champion six months ago. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this brand split to happen when Sheamus might be a viable world title contender again. Oh, God. It's, it's something that's going to happen. I know. I know. And because and he's Del Rio. Big, and he has a personality. But they never change. They never become more interesting. They do the same shtick no matter what. It's it's character development, kids. Look into it. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I like this Seamus who you know he's frustrated. Like I've been here forever and I I've been the world champion, but I haven't quite had that level of run I wanted. So now he's just going to bury all the new guys. You know, I like it, but it's still the bully character we've seen. Yeah. Kind of. You know, it's still holding on but, to things we've already seen. In in better, at least in silver lining news, uh, it is the best Seamus can be. Like, Seamus as the bully is his best role. I mean, he's horrible as the babyface. He's crappy as the jokester out in the ring. Oh, like, God, yes. So, bully Seamus is kind of the best, at least, Seamus that we're going to see. So, while I don't want everyone to be a bully and be, uh, you know, that type of character on TV, if you're going to give it to someone, Seamus might be one of the guys you should give it to. So, so who wins? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Apollo Cruz getting the win over Sheamus. Um, I can make the argument that Sheamus would win too, just because you know they like giving Sheamus wins and the Dolph Ziggler feud. They just love giving Sheamus wins. I think Apollo Cruz steals the win, so it's not really a it's a win, but it's a win. In name only. Yeah, and it's the pre-show match. It's a kickoff match. A lot of the times, the results of these matches really don't matter at all. Like, they're not even talked about the next day. And then whoever does lose it, in the case of, like, Baron Corbin, you don't even know that he lost. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other one, Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler. The fact that uh, we have had three of these in a row now. (laughs) And Battleground is next. I'm so tired of this feud, Rob. I, I know, am so I know, I know. I I, I apologize, uh, even though I am not really the one who should be apologizing, but I apologize to you anyway. Um Dolph Ziggler Baron Corbin, could they go for a fourth in a row at Battleground? Oh sure. Why not? Why not? They'll yeah. they'll, they'll have they'll have Dolph doing more commentary on the C show, uh-huh. which I which I watched in anticipation of us talking about one last week. I accidentally put on one and and, and he's nobody's nobody's listening to that show because you can tell the 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 the, the, uh, the chains are off to quote Curtis Axel in terms of what Dolph was saying. Oh yeah, but I you know still waiting for Baron Corbin by murder death. I'm still waiting for that. Okay. Behind the scenes news, uh, we had talked about watching a C show. Was that yeah. something that was planned for last week and I completely forgot it? It was, but the C show we wanted wasn't on the network yet. Because oh, right. I, wanted, I wanted to watch the uh, the show with Sasha coming back and cutting a promo, and it wasn't on the uh, the network. Sasha Banks has been a lot of these C shows. She worked uh, she worked another C show this week. God, she's around. I, I mean, she's, she's back. around now. Is she on a back burner or is she on a out of sight, out of mind? In terms of is, is, is do you think after this tag team match, or and even possibly the next pay per view that that Sasha is the call for Charlotte at SummerSlam, or do you think they're going to move on to something like, say, a four-way between these participants? I don't know. I wonder if they're worried about the injury history now with Sasha, because she's missed yeah. a lot of time this month or this uh, year with injuries, mm-hmm. and with whether it be her head, whether it be uh, the, um, what was it before, her shoulder or something like that? 
Yeah, um, I think so. She's missed some time with injuries. I don't know. We keep wondering when the Sasha Banks Charlotte feud is going to happen. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not going to happen at all. And I if just, you were going to do just, something, I, I I question if you have plans for her uh-huh. putting her on, debuting her back on a C show. Well, that's, no one watches the C shows, so you're just kind of filling time. No one actually, no one cares about the C shows. And if you're someone out there who watches them and you care about them, when I say no one cares in the whole large scale, no one cares. The one or two people who are going to text me and say. I care about the C shows. I love that Jack Swagger on the C shows. That's great. You know, if you enjoy is, him, great, but they great. don't matter. He is pretty, look, Jack Swagger is pretty great on those shows. He is. I mean, he, uh, he took Victor to a really nice match on like superstars two mm-hmm. weeks ago. Uh, cause yeah, I remember watching a superstars episode too, so that we could talk about it. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe I t- completely forgot about that. Um, <laughs> why not just have Sasha Banks be the one to pin Charlotte on raw instead of Paige? Yeah. If you were going to, if that was your next program, maybe uh, reintroduce her there. Hey, Sasha Banks gets the win. She's left out of this tag match, but guess what? Coming up later, you're going to get Sasha Banks back in the title picture. Can we get into this one now? Or were you still on Dolph? And uh... no, what's the next, what's the next one that you would like to discuss? Oh, no, 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 no. I want to talk about, I want to talk about how that was so weird that, that they, not only do they tease dissension, go for it. They tease dissension. Quickly. After the huh? match. I know, it's and crazy. Then, and and then and then not two minutes later, ah, we need some work. Let's work on it. It's like it's the same as what they just did with Dean Ambrose. Uh-huh. In that that, oh, they're gonna go this way. Ah, nope. We'll 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 do that. I mean, it's I understand why you don't want to I was I'm literally confused as to whether or not they're going to and this is this is up for debate. So let's debate it. D- does the Dana Brooke do they push it now, the turn, or do they, they, the they, they, or, they, or do they, she's been on TV for a month. Exactly. I know, I know this, but who do they have to fight Charlotte after this tag team match? Sasha. They're not Paige. Maybe, but we said Paige last time she got a win over Charlotte. They set her up for a number one contender when they beat her right before the natty match. Right. Didn't do nothing with it. Right. So, I mean, they could just, I mean, if they were dumb, they could do the, they could go full bore on Dana having the moral conflict now, but I don't think, I think they get along in this match. I think they win fairly easily, but that's me. I, uh, I, yeah, I can't believe they were teasing dissension between Dana Brooke and Charlotte this early two weeks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, I, I kind of see Becky Lynch tapping out Charlotte in this one. Um, Cause it doesn't matter. Cause it, yeah, the tag, the tag results don't matter. Cause well, the results of a lot of these matches don't matter. The two pre-show matches we talked about, the results don't matter. Um, I I could see Becky Lynch tapping out. At least that way you have maybe a uh, maybe a raw match, maybe even a battleground match between Becky and Charlotte. Okay. Um, maybe Dana Brooke that. costs Charlotte the victory. So instead of there transitioning to focus on a Becky Lynch win, you continue the focus on the fact that Dana Brooke is costing Charlotte matches. Uh, so that that finish there, that result will play in a couple of different directions. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm I'm kind of, you know, focusing in on that exact finish is that Becky Lynch either taps or pins uh, Charlotte based on something that Dana Brooke does. Rusev, okay. Rusev and Titus O'Neil, the U.S. title. Titus is O'Neil Swag- getting a little Is Swagger not in this? I thought this was a triple threat. Rusev versus Titus O'Neil for the oh, U.S. Really? title. Okay. Huh. What was I watching then last week? I don't know. Maybe you were just watching Jack Swagger be on television and losing clean to Rusev because he does that. 
Jack Swagger and Rusev is a match that I could watch on television almost any night. Well, he didn't lose clean. He lost via countout when they threw him into Titus. And okay, never mind. I thought it was a tri- set up as a triple threat for some reason, but that's my fault. Continue. Yeah. I'm I, I, I think Rusev is keeping the title here. I think Titus O'Neil is getting his one month shot. Um, this match definitely screams to me, just get me over to the brand extension. They destroyed Titus O'Neil on Monday. I they don't did. understand. I don't understand how you can. I mean, I guess you're right. This is the man. Sorry about that suspension. Here's a mid card title feud for a month where you look bad every week. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't see Rusev losing this. Yep. But. But. What if he did? Oh, what if Titus O'Neil becomes your U.S. champion? <laughs> what if Titus O'Neil brings the U.S. title to SmackDown and the U.S. <laughs> championship becomes that brand's championship? Shut and up. Titus O'Neil is the face of SmackDown. And Darren Young, who's getting made great again by Bob Backlund. <laughs> Hold on, that implies he was great first. Titus O'Neil, <laughs> Darren Young, former tag team partners on a collision course to being the faces of WWE SmackDown for the World Wrestling Entertainment SmackDown World United States Championship. That's your main event of SummerSlam. False enthusiasm. Rob is the best Rob. I love this. I'm I'm better than Cole. Hashtag. I feel like I'm in the writer's room right now being told all this stuff. I feel like this is where they're going. I don't, I don't see how there's any other way. Oh my. Unless unless plans change. Now that we've gone through the undercard, my cynicism can abate and I can be. Oh dude, we are not done with the undercard yet because we got a, we got a four way tag team title match. (laughs) I was considering that part of the upper card, but I guess not. Go, Go ahead. The New Day versus Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows versus Enzo and Big Cass versus the Vaude Villains. Uh, I could almost see any team winning this match, but it screams to me that it's a way for the New Day to lose without actually losing. Um, if I had to rank the most likely winners, I would say that uh, I would say that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are the most likely to win. Like if I'm picking one team to win, I think that's the team I'm picking to win. The New Day second. Enzo and Amore or Enzo Amore and Big Cast third and the Vaude Villains last. But I would not be surprised if any one of these teams wins. What? Shoes versus jokes versus singing. I thought the shoes stuff on Raw was pretty funny though. I thought it was okay. I, I thought it wasn't bad. But you yeah, had to know you ne- you had to know not only who Steph Curry was, which I would imagine most of the people there did, but you would also have to know about Steph Curry's shoe, which mm-hmm. is not so mainstream. Yeah. I know there are a lot of shoe people out there that all knew about it. But that's a pretty in the bubble type thing, and they spend a lot of time on Raw about it. Oh, not just that. I think they were trying to laugh at Steph Curry. Meanwhile, he's looking at the ratings for the NBA Finals and saying scoreboard. You know, I, I thought it was a deliberate shot at the guy, but Scobo. Yeah, and then they oh, they had Aiden English sing again. Dear God, stop it. I think Enzo and Cass win this, actually. I think this is the time where, well, let's put a belt on Big Cass, see how he does with it. Um, and I think this is it. I think, and But I agree it's a way for the New Day not to lose. I think maybe the Vaude villains end up taking the fall here. And, yeah, because, 
again, WWE booking states, whoever's standing tall on the go-home Raw show, about 90% of the time is going to lose. And since uh, the Magic Killer was hit on the New Day, I think, uh, heck, it might. Yeah, I, I don't think the, the club is winning this. Don't think the club is winning. Okay. Yeah, I can't make a I can't make a solid prediction by any means because I don't know. I mean, this I one's love not unpredictable to me. But let's put it this way: I would love it if they did and brought yeah. some tough toughness back to tag teams, and then maybe we have Enzo and Cass have a smack off against them in terms of building a kind of a fight feel, perhaps. But yeah. I, I think Enzo and Cass are going to get a short run here with the belts. Okay, Enzo and Cass getting a short run with the belts. So that is uh, money in the bank. Um, Roman Reigns keeping the world title and no cash in. That is, uh, that is what you are telling me, right? No cash in tomorrow. If he's, if it's not the main event. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Very interesting show. I, I am, I am obviously looking forward to the AJ styles, John Cena match. I'm looking oh. forward to see who wins money at the bank. Did Roman Reigns, who- Seth Rollins. I can, I can take it or leave it. Did you pick who won either of those top two matches? I tell you what, Roman Reigns is going to win the title. I think Dean Ambrose mm-hmm. is winning Money in the Bank. Uh, Alberto Del Rio would be my second choice to win that match. Yeah, you had that. And then uh, I'm thinking John Cena beats AJ. I am picking... You know what? I think AJ may win by uh, by cheating. I, th- I, think, I think the club do come out and probably give him the win. And then, oh, he's a coward. He's not a man of his word. And then you get a rematch. He's a lot of talk. He's he's big talk, AJ Styles. That, that was an interesting part of that contract signing. I gotta say, that threw me a little bit. I was like, wow, that's interesting. Okay, I'll well, that go was with a it. new that was a new twist on the contract signing. Like, I have mm-hmm. two contracts here. You you're free and clear to bring the club if you want. But hey, I'm gonna question your manhood, AJ. I'm gonna question your your skills. Yeah, it's not it's not a different John Cena promo for that main event thing because he always does that with with in the go home promo, but, but the contract thing was interesting. Yeah. I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed parts of Monday night raw. I thought it was <laughs> relatively, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think there's any, any hiding the fact that raw hasn't been on fire over the last three weeks, right? But maybe this pay-per-view will get everything back, get everything uh, back. The momentum that they had leading up to the last pay-per-view, maybe that'll come back as we head into battleground and the craziness of what we might see in July with WWE uh, we're going to talk about the Cruiserweight Classic participants being announced, as well as the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian from No Mercy 1999 coming up. But next, Chris Harrington joins us to talk WWE pay-per-view splits with the uh, brand extension coming up and his thoughts on current WWE business next on Shake Them Ropes. The best place to buy or sell tickets online is SeatGeek. Rob McCarron here. When I was looking for NXT tickets, my first stop was VoicesOfWrestling.com slash SeatGeek to find the right ticket at the right price. SeatGeek is great for concerts too. Kanye West is touring the U.S. later this summer, and you'll be able to find tickets at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash SeatGeek. Don't let the box office tell you a show is sold out. There's always something available on SeatGeek. Whether it's NXT or Kanye West or Weezer or even Hamilton for you Broadway fans, go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash SeatGeek to get your tickets today. Not only can you get your tickets, but you'd help support our show and VoicesOfWrestling.com at the same time. So for your next ticket purchase, visit VoicesOfWrestling.com slash SeatGeek. We're back on Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins here, and we are joined by a returning guest to Shake Them Ropes, Chris Harrington, 
You can find him at Mookie Ghana on Twitter. Chris Harrington uh, deals a lot and is very knowledgeable on the business side of, uh, of all things, but especially here in WWE. And uh, we are happy to have you, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I was watching the, uh, the Canadian version of Raw last night. I'm up here in the Great White North. So uh, I get a little bit more international flavor of how WWE comes across. Where are you right now? I'm in uh, Mississauga, which is right outside of Toronto. Ah, okay. Nice. Yeah, Mississauga. Yeah, I like... Uh, I've never been there, but we've actually had... Um, I, I participate in youth baseball uh, here in Northeast Indiana, and there's a lot of uh, travel baseball teams that actually come from Mississauga. A lot of Toronto area teams like to come to Michigan and Indiana uh, to play because while there's just not a lot of baseball up there. You are the Sask- Saskatchewan of, of America. We are the Saskatchewan of America. That's true. Well, we are uh, we are happy to have you on, Chris, because uh, news, rumors, a whole bunch of stuff coming out over the weekend that along with the brand extension, and, and I have to feel like there will be more stuff like this that comes along as the brand extension uh, comes closer, you know, things that we haven't even dived into yet. But the rumors that WWE will expanding will be expanding their pay-per-view options will be adding, like the last brand split, branded pay-per-views, raw pay-per-views, SmackDown pay-per-views, then the co-branded pay-per-views. Uh, and because of this news on your Twitter account at Mukigana, you uh, ran a poll. You ran a poll for... Uh, responses to see how people initially reacted to that and what they thought the number of pay-per-views might be going forward yearly um what was the uh what was the impetus for putting that poll out and what did you gather from it well obviously the rumor that wwe might even start doubling up on some months with pay-per-views just kind of struck me in terms of what do people really think is going to happen here because can you imagine there being two or three pay-per-views the month of WrestleMania or SummerSlam and so, or even Royal Rumble. So I I was really just trying to get a feel for when this kind of thing that comes out that says there's going to be more pay-per-views, how many more do people really feel it's going to be? And for what was interesting for me is I had in my head 16 or so, if you wanted to throw it all together, not including NXT specials. And surprisingly, the poll was not one-sided. I went up above, I said like 22 or more, kind of uh, uh, 19 to 21, uh, more like 15 to 17, and then, you know, kind of uh, about the same or just a few more than now. And in the end, more in that 16, 17 range was really where a lot of the answers came. But I think, uh, you know, there's some people out there who really think we're going to go to a world where we have 22 or 23 or 24 pay-per-views a year, right. which, again, pay-per-view is a, a open term right now, and it really just means network special. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm shocked by the concept that we were going to have more than 16 a year. I think the peak we ever had for WWE was closer to 16, 17 in like 2006, back when you were running lots and lots of different brands, ECW, SmackDown, and Raw. It's it's interesting because uh, in 2015, when we've had the WWE Network here and they started doing these network specials outside of pay-per-view, in 2015, we had 16 events. We had 13 traditional pay-per-views and three network specials. Uh, so going around 16 would, while being a lot, would not necessarily be too much more than the last year. And this year, uh, with these rumors, because they're talking about adding a, a second event to September, October, December, because that would be those would be the months where you don't have, you know, Survivor Series, you don't have SummerSlam, and you want to add a second pay-per-view in there. If this Hawaii show happens, and the Hawaii show at the beginning of July has been uh, 
has been rumored to possibly be a network special in a while. This year would actually uh, put us up to 17 events if all this stuff came into fruition. And uh, 17 does seem like a lot, and it would be starting right away, basically. Yeah, I, I feel very strongly that a lot of what we've been thinking now, the Beast in the East type shows or Roadblock yeah those would just essentially morph into these branded shows. So it would be a single brand doing a house show that is a mm -hmm. high-level house show, essentially. And so all in all, sounds good to me in terms of about the same amount of content as now. I am definitely not down for 22, 23 events a year, but I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around the concept that they would really be trying to promote in every week or in every other week type approach where you're supposed to be going to the WWE Network because that would be plus those NXT specials somewhere around the range of 26 you know, events oh, yeah. a year. And that just feels like too much. So my vision was you got your four big ones uh, or really your three big ones, but we'll call them the four for, for the sake of things. So you have your Royal Rumble, your WrestleMania, or your SummerSlam and your Survivor Series. You got your four NXT events a year. So now we're up to eight. Then you're going to have your eight other normal pay-per-views of the year. And then you're going to have somewhere around the range of four to eight additional on top of that is what I was thinking. But it's just hard to say because I don't think we need a King of the Ring plus branded pay-per-view. You know, I see a lot of these these pieces going to single pay-per-view. So it's the King of Ring Smackdown the way it was back in the day. Hey, Chris, um, relatively speaking, how do those special events, your Beast in the East and your Elimination Chamber, do vis-a-vis, -vis, say, the planned events, the, the, the network kind of last-minute events versus the monthly pay-per-views in terms of numbers? And even if you happen to know offhand, relatively speaking, compared to, say, NXT specials as well, which are built. Great question. Um, I know one time they specifically said Beast in the East was among the most successful things they'd ever done on the WWE Network outside of a regular pay-per-view event. I think they basically said it was the Stone Cold podcast and Beast from the East were the, the, the highest viewership beyond a normal pay-per-view. And then basically the normal pay-per-view would blow away everything else. So it does more than, say, the premiere of a new Edge and Christian show or premiere of Swerved or Camp WWE. It does much more than the regular NXT viewing of like a normal show. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how it, it goes up against, say, even an NXT type special. I think that would probably be your best NXT special would probably beat it. But I, I would imagine your best, uh, you know, off special beats a, a weak NXT special. So it's definitely way up there. And especially Beast in the East was a real eye opener for them because that was at an unusual time. It was on a holiday weekend. And it got, you know, kind of got captivated people. And I think it really, to me, when there was all this talk about how the new brand split would not be able to do all these more international shows, to me, I think it's perfect for international shows because I don't see a reason they can't be taping more international television and be even able to run, you know, in Australia or something more often now that they have two brands. We had uh, we had an interesting situation this year because of uh, WrestleMania being so early in April, and sometimes this happens. Uh, next year, you have a similar situation with WrestleMania being early in April to where even though they may be adding a lot of these pay-per-views, a lot of these events, you will have that downtime in March and April where there might be just WrestleMania and the NXT special. Now, I know this year we had Roadblock, um, but as you say, these these network events might just kind of morph into the branded pay-per-views. 
there could be some months where we have some downtime still. Um, are you worried? I mean, I know, I know you mentioned a little bit ago uh, that you don't want and don't want to welcome the days of a pay-per-view event every two weeks or so. Uh, but is that, a, is that an actual worry that that's something that we could see uh, in the next even two years with this brand extension? You know, I think it's an, uh, UFC syndrome, right? Where UFC has decided to basically put on an event every other week in some form or another. Yeah. It's just the difference there is that not every single one of them is on their fight pass. You know, some are the pay-per-view, some are the fight passes, some are the television events. And even that can be tiered. So I, I think the biggest challenge for WWE is the fact that you have so much coming through the same medium all the time. And on top of that, it's not like UFC is producing five hours of quote-unquote first-run television every single week alongside that. So I, I think, you know, as UFC has thrived this year, it proves that if you have the right stars, people are still going to tune in for the big events. But, you know, a lot of those fight passes, I would argue whether or not more eyes are going to the fight passes or some of these NXT shows, uh, because it's, it's, it's rough when you get down to that lower level there. And as everyone has discussed, the depth of the roster right now seems to be at a place that's going to be really tough. And unless they like Meltzer and, and Alvarez have talked about develop unique styles for the brands where you can identify, this is the high flying brand. This is the hardcore brand. This is the whatever's brand that then it's going to be really tough to feel a reason that one show is better than the other. Cause already SmackDown fell by the wayside because nobody was interested because it was same old, same old. And that's what I fear with any kind of a pay-per-view event is because these guys are going to just get so banged up if they feel like they're constantly going through these motions, but it doesn't mean anything. Where at least now you do have a little bit more. I, I guess it's not going to be like you're on two pay-per-views a month, but at the same time, it kind of feels like if no pay-per-views matter, then how do, how do you make anything feel like it's important anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And we have, uh, we have our Twitter question of the week coming for you uh, shortly, but uh, back to that poll that you had out. The... Uh, how many how many pay-per-view events do you see WWE doing annually? And the the winning amount was that 16 to 18 amount uh, with 34% of the poll. So it was pretty evenly. And that's that's probably where I would vote too. When I was uh, trying to do the math based on how many pay-per-views they're going to do a month and what events are already scheduled and so forth, I came up with them doing 18 next year uh, and having nothing in March and only WrestleMania in April. So not counting NXT events, uh, I had 18. So when you look at 16 in 2015, 17 in 2016, and now 18, they're going up, but it's not going to be a uh, a shock and awe increase. I don't feel. I don't. You know, I really don't think we're going to go to 22. That number seems a little bit high to me. Uh, so I, yeah, we're going to get up. I, I think March. I do think they're still going to do something, just because one thing WWE loves to do is run shows in front of hot crowds and charge super tickets. Yeah. And that build up to WrestleMania is a great time to do that. And that's one of the key advantages of when you make something in network special, in theory, you can charge a slightly higher price than even a TV taping, mm -hmm. right? It lives somewhere between a pay-per-view and a TV taping. Sure. So I, I do really hope that they can push that as a way to, you know, generate more revenue. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say if I'm, if I'm, uh, you know, thinking that they might do two in February, you know, maybe, maybe one of those bleeds into sometime in early April anyway. So it's, it's a, uh, or early March, I should say kind of like roadblock did last year. So very interesting. Uh, we got a couple of questions. Our Twitter question of the week, uh, this week are coming, uh, for Chris Harrington and, uh, maybe as a special, we'll do a second one here, but definitely one I wanted to get to, uh, Quinn 
Aaron Quinn on Twitter asked, do you foresee a time when WWE could financial or could be financially stable without a U.S. television deal? Do I foresee a time? Absolutely. Once they uh, win the uh, lottery here and become the only place you can get WWE bitcoins, <laughs> where which will fluctuate in price according to uh, John Cena's colored gear. It, it's I guess to me, it's if they go into a conglomerate relationship with something else, it totally is possible. So I, I've said this a hundred times. If, say, there becomes the bundle of cord-cutting applications so that you're able to get the the either the sports bundle, so it's going to have the MLB, the, the, the hockey stuff, it's going to have NBA, and you can get WWE Network or even Fight Pass or something. So it's the big bundle of sports app type thing where then you could put programming on that and it would be so popular and there'd be so many users that that in itself would probably create enough of a marketplace that you could foreseeably move past having a, a large U.S. contract, live off of the international contracts that you're getting and then have your digitalized digital media monetization strategy that is already played out at this point. Now, do I think that's going to happen by 2019, which is basically when the new NBCU deal runs out? I don't really, unless WWE were to say, go into par partnership with some kind of company and they basically wanted to make it the flagship of how they were trying to do distrib media distribution outside of the way things exist today. You know, I think about the new CBS app where they're trying to do, you know, this new enterprise uh, show using that as kind of the big pilot, the push to get people interested in, and wanting to be engaged with it. And I got to tell you, there's probably a lot more Star Trek fans than there are WWE fans right now in the United States. And it will be very interesting to follow that kind of niche product delivery to see if that works. It's almost like asking, could Game of Thrones go only digital and would people follow it to the digital sphere if that happened? And to a degree, yes, but at the same time, you know, people are still buying old media and doing other things. I think we're just so much slower to change than people really think we're going to be. So unless they find a new monetization effort from all their social media that they have, those TV rights contracts are just too big to give up. Now, would they say give up all of their home entertainment tomorrow for some kind of one-time deal? Absolutely. Hey, Chris, uh, kind of combining the last two questions we've had, I know that the WWE wants to have this fully formed network with sitcoms and animated shows and things of that ilk. Has there been any correlation in subscriptions increasing with more live wrestling product being promised mm, in terms of the number question. of special in terms of the number of specials and whatnot? You know, I think it's still completely driven around the WrestleMania cycle. Okay. And what you really see is that malaise for the entire second half of the year. Uh, where the numbers actually even start to dip by the end of the quarter. And sometimes, as people have pointed out, the amount of wrestling that you actually get sometimes goes up the most into Q3. Chris Harrington, go follow him on Twitter, at Mookie Ghana. The WWE Cruiserweight Classic, Jeff, is coming up. The end of July, they start taping. Or excuse me, the end of this month, they start taping. Middle mm -hmm. of July, it starts airing on WWE Network. A lot of questions. Who's going to be in this tournament? We got a couple of names through qualifying matches. But earlier on Monday, WWE uh, let the list out. They released the entire list, the 32 competitors who are going to be in the Cruiserweight Classic. Before we get into some of the names and talk about uh, some of the names who aren't in it, when you saw this list the first time, were there any surprises to you? What were your uh, initial thoughts? I thought there'd be a few more names. 
um, in terms of higher profile names, but uh, you know they they have a few on there that they can build if they so choose. Uh, Tajiri, of course, big surprise. I didn't think Tajiri. You know, <laughs> I thought it was far too old for this kind of stuff. I, I would say Tajiri specifically is probably a surprise, but we, yes, you know when we were talking about the names on this list, you know, you had Brian Kendrick, you have Tajiri. Uh, I had Scotty Tuhati on my list. I thought they may bring him exactly. back. Exactly. I, I thought Scott, you know, Scotty Tuhati was probably going to be a name, but we knew those names were going to be on this list, right? We knew there would be some of the, you know, yeah. higher regarded former veterans who would be on this list. It couldn't be all new guys. I'm actually surprised by how few of the former WWE veterans are on this list because I, yeah, I could have seen there might have been, you know, five or six of them. I'm surprised that there's not one guy from the main roster on Me it. too. I thought Callisto for sure. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought something like that, like Callisto for sure, maybe Sin Cara. Um, but no, we didn't get any of that. You got your Zack Sabres. You know, a lot of the guys who had qualified already are still on this list. Uh, Brian Kendrick, Tajiri, you got your Rich Swan. Rich Swan being the only WWE contracted talent in the field of 32. True. And, you know, uh, Tony Nese was a nice surprise. I got to watch that Evolve show. Yeah, Tony Nese being on there. So uh, good for Tony Nese. You got your Johnny Gargano's. You got your. He's a formerly WWE contracted talent, mm-hmm. was he not? Yeah. Okay. Um, Arya Davari, you know, Sean Davari's brother. He's been on the indie scene for years and years. Uh, mm. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of interesting names. Akira Tozawa, an international name. One of the big surprises for a lot of people. Uh, Mascara Dorada, who had a run with New Japan over the last year and yeah. is uh, a CMLL wrestler. Mascara Dorada coming in for this tournament under the name Grand Metallic. So uh, Mascara Dorada, who showed glimpses of brilliance for those who were unaware of him from CMLL during the New Japan run. Grand Metallic is an interesting name, and that's one that I'm really excited for. And, yep. you know, that's a that's a name we didn't expect, a name we did expect who's not going to be in the tournament. And we probably should have known this based on his uh, given weight at his takeover debut. But, uh, yeah, we're not going to see Andrade Cien Almas in this tournament at all. He was my favorite to win before he was even listed, and he's not going to be in the tournament at all. What do they, what do they announce his weight as? I think they announced it at 210, and this is the tournament for, you know, kayfabe 205 and under. Okay. So he was a little too heavy. So that was, I, that was kind of a hint in it. Cedric Alexander's in this too, correct? Cedric Alexander? Yes. That's, so, that's uh, a surprise. That was a surprise, and Tozawa was a surprise to me. I did not expect Akira Tozawa to be in this. Yeah, so you got some interesting names, a lot of names from all over. Uh, the current Global Force Wrestling Tag Team Champions are in this tournament. You got the Bollywood Boys. Uh, so GFW roster invading, invading NXT. Uh, but very interesting tournament. As the tournament comes near, maybe we'll talk about, you know, a little bit more in depth who we think might win, who might our surprises of the tournament be. Uh, they, they have the entire list up at WWE.com, including brief bios of them. So if you want more on the participants, go to WWE.com and, uh, definitely an interesting tournament list. I would say, uh, Andrade was a surprise. Amazing red. It came out today. I think wrestling Inc had it. Amazing red was supposed to be in this tournament, but he got injured. So Mm. no amazing red. And that's just a guy who's had a lot of bad career breaks, you know, injuries at bad times when he was getting pushes, whether it be in TNA and, in ring of honor or now here in the WWE. Uh, so that, that always sucks when you, when injury costs opportunities for certain guys and amazing red has certainly had a career of that. Baseless speculation who wins. If I'm picking a winner right now, I think you have to go with who my second favorite was. And that's Zack Sabre jr. Uh, a guy I don't think we've mentioned yet. Kota Ibushi is in this tournament. So that's one of mm-hmm. your bigger names. 
uh, a lot of people emailing and uh, and tweeting in. We got some uh, some tweets coming in at Shake Them Ropes that think Kota Ibushi is a favorite for this one. And I don't think Kota Ibushi is going to get signed by WWE, and I don't think they're going to have the tournament winner be someone that they know they can't sign. So I don't I don't feel like Kota Ibushi might even make the finals, let alone win the tournament. I think those thinking that Kota Ibushi is a favorite to win this are probably a little off. I don't see Kota Ibushi being in my top four. I have him in my top four, but I don't have him winning. I, you know, my my four are Ibushi, Saber, uh, Metallic, and either Gargano and Swan. What's, those, a, what's a dream final match for you? If you were able to pick, no, we're not talking about politics, contracts, or anything else. If you could just pick two guys from this list of 32 to be in the final match against each other, what would that final be? Saber and Ibushi. Yeah, probably me too. Probably me too. I think Tommaso Ciampa might make a good run in this tournament. Mm, yeah. I, I, Saber, I think, has is going to win. I think there's going to be... Not anti-Asian bias per se, but I do think, you know, with Hideo Itami and with Nakamura already on the roster, they're going to want a guy, especially if it's an unknown, who can cut a promo after the tournament. And I think if you're going to go with a surprise, then Zack Sabre Jr. is the guy. And he, you know, he has the movie star good looks. He has everything they want, and I think they're going to sign him. Well, there you go. There you go. Jeff Hawkins reporting it. I think Grand Metallic's going to make a heck of a run in this tournament. I hope so too. I actually really liked him. You know, I don't, I don't watch CMLL. I'm aware of guys who wrestle down there. I just don't have the time to keep adding to the wrestling uh, roster that we watch. But when, you know, I was, I was watching almost every match that made tape in uh, new Japan and he was really impressive. And it was surprising that he just didn't get, he he had a junior heavyweight title match in uh, new Japan, but he didn't get like a run as a top contending junior, which was really weird. Uh, but he made, he impressed me for sure. And I'm going to be excited to see what they do with this, uh, with this tournament coming up at the uh, middle of July. I think July 13th is what they're targeting as the opening show on WWE network. So that's going to be fun on the WWE network right now, match number 29 on our top 100 countdown of matches to see on WWE network before you die. This is the WWE.com list that we go through here on the show on shake them ropes. We are up to number 29 on our top 100. The Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian from all the way back in October of 1999. It's WWE No Mercy. This was the fifth and final match of the Terry Invitational Tournament. A ladder match with the managerial services of Terry Runnels as well as $100,000 in cash at stake. Ladder match, Jeff. Hardy's Edge and Christian. No, uh, no strangers to each other, especially in ladder matches your initial reactions after watching this over again. So this was the first tag team ladder match ever in the history of WWE, which makes it significant. The most fascinating part to me was watching the crowd and listening to the crowd for things like the, the, uh, the leg drop over the ladder, which got a nice little standing ovation from quite a few fans and, and the moves that today we just go, meh, transition. And just how amazing our tolerance for car crashes is these days. And and also, <laughs> at times, me watching just going the stupidity of some of the thoughts about the moves where they would just throw their body into the ladder yeah. just to get the reaction. I just go, <laughs> that's that's not good. And the thing that amazes me most, two of these participants are still going and still doing hardcore matches. They are. Meh. After after all this time, and two people are hosting a 
variety show. I had forgotten that the Hardys were re- referenced as the brood they at were, one time. They were the new brood, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, they were taking over from Edge and Christian as the brood, and this kind of separated them from all that. They would yeah. they would later become the Hardy Boys just original because now you have Terry Runnels as your manager. They celebrated with Terry Runnels after the match. It was a it was a crazy cool ladder match when you when you put it in this perspective of yes, yes this was the first tag team ladder match. They were coming up with new stuff because no one had ever done it before. So they, oh, yeah. they had to be innovative by default, but they were certainly innovative. Like they, they weren't doing basic ladder spots. They did some creative stuff. Yeah. Like the, uh, the seesaw with the ladder and Jeff, uh, jumping off the top and landing on his butt to catapult it up to hit the guys. Yeah. Um, edge and Christian are still brothers. Yep, <laughs> in still brothers here. Still brothers. <laughs> they were, uh, they were brothers for the longest time. I don't even think they referenced them as not brothers on television until, the most, uh, was it when Christian and Alberto Del Rio were feuding with when Edge retired? Was that the yeah. first time they referenced them as not brothers on television? Because even after Christian came back from his TNA run, I think they were still referenced as brothers. I thought that they had gotten away from it during the five-second pose. Did they? Okay. The Wurtz writing the material stuff days. But yeah, you got the big pops for both falling off and onto the top rope. All four guys. <laughs> that one got a big pop. Um... And you, got, I think this is, I believe, the first appearance of the now signature Jeff Hardy grabs something off of something hanging from the ceiling and falls off the ladder because he was trying so hard. I laughed at that because that became a staple of every WWE video game from then on, is when you won that kind of match, you'd fall off the ladder and, and just get right back up. It, it was, it's pretty great. I, I, I like this match a lot. Jerry Lawler was terrible. Um... Did you see? Did you see the pre-match vignette with him? Or I did, did you not. just go straight to the match where he's looking up Terry's skirt as oh, she climbs well, the ladder? Yeah, naturally, that's what Jerry and, Lawler and just, would do. Yeah, the, he, Jerry Lawler is in pure seventh-grade horny guy mode. Oh, of course. Throughout this match, and Jim Ross, I think, does a great job of of really putting over the carnage and just the, some of the references. Like they're going to cut their career short doing stuff like this. Well, maybe not the Hardys so much. Not so much the Hardys. The Hardys doing the Hardys doing hardcore yeah. matches in TNA, getting mm-hmm. the most buzz TNA had uh, for an on-screen thing in in many years. I think. Yes, but well worth watching. We're we're into that territory now. I think where most of these matches are going to be well worth seeking out. So, oh so. yeah, we're we're coming up on the uh, the top quarter of this entire. And these list. are oh, that's the other thing that I noticed. They they didn't start out with the light ladders. These were the heavy duty reinforced ladders. Yeah. Because they, they, went, they knew they at went. times there would have to be, you know, four bodies on them. Well, I so. think not only that, but I think they they didn't know really the parameters of bodies landing on these types of ladders. Mm-hmm. And I think they may have just gone to like a hardware store or something and picked up some as opposed to the flimsy aluminum ones. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you in part on that. Yeah. the the, the You're going to have four guys on this. You need a sturdy ladder. Right. Okay. Here, let's get the steel ones as opposed to the aluminum ones. This pay-per-view also notable for uh, another thing. The housekeeping match? The last match in WWE of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And the good housekeeping match. He was on Nitro the following night. Uh, this this match, China winning the Intercontinental title from Jeff Jarrett in a good housekeeping match. Jeff Jarrett just being being ribbed like crazy over in this match. But as you know, as the big Jeff Jarrett fan that I am, I I saw this was on this pay-per-view and I could not look away. I had to watch the whole thing. 
And then you missed the vignette in between matches. That's yeah, great. and then I then I skipped uh, to the next match. I didn't need to see the vignette in between matches. Yeah, I skipped ahead. I saw a couple of things. You know, this it was is... a minute. You couldn't have just let it run. Maybe I could have. Maybe I could have. I don't know. I because I was watching on the Apple TV, and the Apple TV doesn't have the chapter markers. So like yeah. I, I would stop, fast forward because I didn't know how much time would be in between matches. So I, I skipped ahead. I knew I went too far. I had to you know skip back. I landed on the opening of the match, and that's where I watched it. So yes, I We're missed. Match- I missed a whole bunch of Jerry Lawler shenanigans. Yeah, I know. I know. We're Forgive on match no, but we're on match 29. I still can't get you to watch video packages before a match to watch what happened, to build it up. It's driving me insane, Rob. Absolutely nuts. This isn't the top 100 video packages to see before you die. Those are part of the matches, though, Rob. I was, I was watching WWE when this match took place. I actually did see this pay-per-view uh, in real time back there in uh, No Mercy of 1999. Thank you. Let's edit this audio Hawkins sent and <laughs> I ain't editing any of this. I'm including well, all of this, it. but stuff. I, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm not editing. What's, 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 what's next week's match. Next week's match is a battle of an MMA fighter and CM Punk Brock Lesnar versus CM hmm. Punk from WWE SummerSlam 2013 Lesnar Punk. That is our next match, match number 28 on the top 100 countdown. We are going to go back to SummerSlam of 2013, which I believe is the same show as uh, Daniel Bryan and John Cena. Yes, I believe so. For the title with the Randy Orton screw job. Uh, So we got that one to look forward to coming up next week. The week after that, Clash of the Champions, Flair and Sting. Mm. Yep. So we got some... uh, Matches on different ends of the spectrum coming up in our top 100. But that was match number 29, Hardy's Edge and Christian. I would give it a thumbs up. Go watch it if you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, are we live Sunday? Sunday is money in the bank. Yes. Sunday is money in the bank. Should we do a live show on the old YouTube stream, Jeff? I will be available should you want me. Let's do it. All right. We're going to go live. I know we skipped the last pay-per-view. Uh, we missed extreme rules. So it is time for us to go live after a pay-per-view. We're going to be live on the YouTube stream. I will tweet out the information. I will have uh, a page built up days in advance so you can go and put it in your bookmarks and be ready. We will go live after this Money in the Bank pay-per-view, talking all things Money in the Bank with you. You'll be able to listen to our podcast as it's recorded and watch us at the same time. All the information will be at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. Go check out our sponsor, casper.com slash VOW. Use promo code VOW. Jeff Hawkins, another fun edition of Shake Them Ropes. I want to thank Chris Harrington for joining us earlier today. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Go subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. All that information and more at Shake Them Ropes. Rob, have you ever seen a ghost? In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.